Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast for August 1st, 2016. We are here to talk Monday Night Raw. I am joined by Rob McCarron of Shake Them Ropes who has quite quite the program in Shake Them Ropes. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'd be better if uh, they stopped trying to make Viperville happen. Yeah, population zero. It's When he first said it on SmackDown back in his return, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. They're going to try to make this happen. Hopefully it's a one-time thing. But no, it doesn't. I mean, Suplex City is a thing that was kind of organically created. He just kept hitting suplexes, and then the crowd started chanting Suplex City. Like they didn't force it. And now here we go the complete opposite, where Andy Orton is out there trying to force Viperville happening. And you can't do that. You got to let it be organically created. You just can't tell the people what to say. I completely agree. I think that's corny. I think people see through it. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I did like the ending of Raw outside of that. Oh, outside of that? Oh, it was it was fantastic. I mean, the crowd came alive. You know, it was something where, uh, you know, you're kind of watching the show. You thought Randy Orton might show up, but you didn't know. Uh, they've been doing a pretty good job of keeping the brand split separate for the first week and a half now. Uh, but, yeah, you got the cool Randy Orton appearance. It was also his first appearance on Raw in some time. So it's not like he had been on SmackDown for weeks and weeks and weeks and the audience had seen him. And then he shows up here on Raw. No, it was kind of a, it's still his return week, if you will. So it was cool seeing Randy Orton on the show. We can talk about that segment first. Usually we go in order, but this was a standalone segment. It really was. For all of the criticism that, that I give WWE's production and Kevin Dunn, this was masterful camera work. I thought this was was really, really good. You had Paul Heyman saying, Randy Orton will never hit an RKO on Brock Lesnar. And literally out of nowhere from the camera shot, Randy Orton hits an RKO on Brock Lesnar. I thought this was a fantastic way to help build up that match, Rob. Oh, fantastic way to help build up the match. It was a surprise factor because 
we see a lot of the same stuff when we see Brock Lesnar on TV. It's those Paul Heyman promos, and then they just leave, or he beats up somebody. Uh, sometimes we see him get his uh, his comeuppance, if you will. Sometimes we see Brock go down, but you know this was a it was a cool scenario. Not only did you have the return of Randy Orton to Raw, but you had the uh, the Brock Lesnar going down to the RKO, showing you can hit from anything. And then, like you mentioned, the cool camera work. Uh, it was it was different. It's been a, a different week and a half now of WWE TV, at least on television. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get back to normal when we start seeing the camera shaking for every single segment. Uh, so far, we haven't had it for every single segment so far. Uh, but yeah, the Randy Orton Brock Lesnar segment overall was pretty cool. It does make it feel like that's the real main event of SummerSlam, though, right? I mean, Randy Orton Brock Lesnar, which probably won't go on last, but that feels like the real main event of the show. Yeah, you have Dolph Ziggler in one title match, which you know kind of takes a. I don't want to say takes away from, but not the the marquee title match that you would expect nope. for SummerSlam. It, it does take away from it in my book, especially the way he's been uh, positioned on the cards lately. And Dolph Ziggler is a guy that, you know, this is for the WWE Championship. It may as well be for the U.S. Championship, right? I mean, he loses the feud with Baron Corbin and then immediately gets right into a, a world title shot. Uh, that he technically earned with the with the match uh, at SmackDown, but still, it feels like this could easily be transitioned out as a U.S. Championship match, especially considering, as we'll talk about later, who's going to be in the U.S. Championship match. Uh, yeah, this this to me, you have Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton above it. You probably have the U.S. Championship match above it, and you have uh, Finn Balor's match above it. But Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton seems like the main mm-hmm. event of the show, and they positioned it as such on tonight's Raw. Yeah, uh, also one thing that was talked about a lot about this segment was Brock Lesnar's physique. And dude looked good. He must be on he must be uh, you know, got some new vitamins maybe. He got some new uh nutrients. So there were people good. saying there were people saying that he looked smaller and granted he probably was going to look a little smaller at the very least anyway because he had a 265 pounds weight limit to make under a month ago. Now he definitely didn't look as big as usual. Uh, much smaller, actually. Uh, I guess we can chalk this up to USADA testing. What do you make of it, Rob? I make it up to, yeah, he was he was training for a month to get down to 265. I don't know how much weight cutting he does the, the night before uh, or the cutting for uh, the weigh-in. Though he might just get down to 265 where he regularly stands at 275. So he might just be coming back up from his 265. I didn't notice anything too different. I think people are looking for him to look different because of the drug testing. You know, maybe a little bit thinner in the face, but he goes through uh, stages like that sometimes. I, I don't really make a whole lot up to it. And plus, why would he look smaller now? I mean, he's not being, he doesn't care. He's not going back to UFC. He's not being tested now. It's not like WWE oh, is testing still, him. If anything, he'd be tested. bigger. He's what? still being tested by USADA. For what? He's not coming back doesn't matter they they test everybody out of competition i know i know he's open to be tested but it's not like he's going to be keeping himself off the drugs because of that that's what i meant i know he's open to be tested until he like actually retires or whatever happens with this hearing but it's not like he's caring oh they're going to come out of competition test me and so i get suspended longer i ain't coming back anyway yeah i think he looked more like a guy who had been training really hard for a fight than he did a guy that was drastically affected by getting off the juice because here's the thing guys uh apparently he wasn't off the juice anyway so yeah 
And well, yeah, it's his first time and it was a hard train for a month because it was uh, it wasn't necessarily last minute. He knew he was going to fight for a long time, but, uh, you know, it, it was it was hard training for that month leading up to this fight. And it had been, what, three or four years since he had to do that. So this was a whole different month and a half for Brock Lesnar. I don't I don't put anything else to his weight gain. And I wouldn't be surprised if he looks the same, really. If you look back on tape at WrestleMania. Yeah, he probably looks a little tiny bit different, but there might be some overemphasis just based on, you know, oh, we failed a test. Let's look for differences in Brock Lesnar's physique. He looked much leaner in the cage yeah. at UFC uh, when he had his fight at UFC 200 than he did at WrestleMania anyway. Um, before we get into the rest of Raw, of course, guys, always visit Fightful.com. Uh, lots of cool stuff coming up there. As I exclusively reported on Friday before... People made a hubbub about it today. Booker T missed the pre-show panel today. He had elbow surgery. Retired the spinneroonie, Rob. It's what gone. a shame. It's gone. So does that mean that you can't do the spinneroonie anymore? Because sometimes when the camera is off of you, you were doing it over no, there. I like this gimmick where when you're talking, you can't see me at all. Like it's pretty cool because I'm just doing a bunch of crazy stuff over here. Uh, just, you know, one day I'll be, go- I'll be caught, I'll be caught like Tom Phillips, you know, standing with my legs wide, uh, it's, something will happen, you know, it, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. But right now, no, you've missed already five spinaroonies already. I've done in tribute of Booker T. We will be getting to the Tom Phillips thing. Also guys, for those of you who weren't aware, uh, fightful.com podcast now available via audio under the podcast section at fightful.com. iTunes and Stitcher are coming soon. Yeah, visit Fightful.com, help support the site, share our stories, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, all that good stuff. Uh, let people know about the Fightful podcast, too. Pretty awesome. We, we crossed 100,000 downloads, listens, plays in the first month. That is pretty awesome um, because the first week we were just – it was basically just preview shows. So that, that number was basically in, in three weeks. So uh, thank you all very much for that. Uh, very fortunate to be able to have Rob and Vince Russo and Jeff Hawkins and Showdown Joe on these shows. And our good buddy Alex Palowski, who did the pay-per-view show with me as well. This Monday Night Raw did not live up to the lofty standards of last week's Raw, which that was going to be hard to do, Rob. It was going to be hard to be a show like last week, yes, as often it is. I mean, we... Last week, we equated this, uh, that Raw to like a post-WrestleMania Raw in front of a post-WrestleMania crowd. The night after WrestleMania, it was a big show. And then the week after, guess what happens? It's not the same show. It's, it's not nearly the level of excitement to the show. That's kind of what this week was. And there was some good stuff. I, I think they, they did their best to carry momentum. It didn't kill momentum any, which is what you really worry about sometimes with uh, WWE television, that a show could kill momentum. This wasn't that you had. Well, it's a we'll we'll talk about all these different things that happened throughout the show. But I felt like this was a good follow up. um, And I think it did as much as you could do uh, to uh, to basically follow up last week's crazy raw. Did it meet expectations to me? Yes, because I don't have lofty expectations for the follow up show like this. Uh, Hopefully those out there were were uh, just kind of going along for the ride, because I think if you just tuned into the show after last week and wanted to see what was next. You got that on this episode of Raw and then some. So I thought it was a pretty okay episode overall. Hey, what I want to talk about. What's up with you stealing my gimmick? That background. What, what's on that marker board, Rob? 
I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, oh, what is oh, what this, is back? There? Oh, oh, this thing right here. Oh, I, I guess my wall just wants everyone out there to uh, follow me on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Remember the wall? Remember the Facebook wall? Uh, that I think that's the Facebook wall, right? I don't know what Facebook sure. is. Uh, at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter and in the little uh, deal right here. You want to want to get more of me? Want to get more of Jeff Hawkins and myself? Uh, subscribe to Shake Them Ropes on iTunes right there. Right there. It, it, I think it's pretty awesome because they get to hear you on Monday. Then they get to hear Jeff on Tuesday here at Fightful.com. Then Wednesday they get the super group combo of Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins on Shake Them Ropes. One of my favorite pro wrestling programs in which to listen to. Thank you. I appreciate Yeah, we, we talk this particular episode of Raw here. You talk that particular episode of SmackDown with Jeff. I, sorry about that for you. Uh, yeah, so you get to see us on Monday and Tuesday and then hear us on Wednesday talk about the uh, the overall arc of WWE. Not anything particular on the one show, just kind of the uh, overall happenings within WWE and NXT. So subscribe on iTunes and then follow me at Shake Them Ropes and let me know how you like the show and uh, say hello. I, I had on the little board here, because I don't have sponsors here. You do that gimmick. Uh, I had Come Say Hello, and uh, it was written so poorly I had to write over it and just make squiggly lines really quickly in the last minute. So come say hi, at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. Also, uh, Rob does some, uh, several Voices of Live, Voices of Wrestling live shows where he does uh, call-ins uh, as well, which is pretty cool. Something we don't do here. So you bring yeah, that the, to the people. Too. Got the call-in machine so you can talk about all of this Raw. I, I mean, I can we please, let's get along this Raw episode because I cannot wait sure. to talk about the big return I, I, tonight. I wanted to put over your shit, Rob. No, 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 I, I appreciate it. But now I realize that after the plugs, we're going to have to go back into talking about this <laughs> Raw. And the best thing I want to talk about happens like two and a half hours in. So I, I sure. you know, let's, let's get through. Although the opening of Raw, Sasha Banks, I tell you, they tried really hard to make the opening pretty different and get some new cast of characters in there. Not the same Seth Rollins promo for 20 minutes, not the same Stephanie McMahon promo for 20 minutes. I thought it was a really good idea having Charlotte and Sasha Banks open the show. Maybe they should have been by themselves, but I understand you want to get a couple of different uh, programs all in one and get it kind of heated. Uh, But some people are saying it went too long. I really like that they just at least tried something different in the opening segment. I liked it too. It was Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Chris Jericho, Enzo Amore, uh, Sasha Banks and Enzo Amore, respectively, may be the most over male and female talents, at least from a popularity standpoint on the roster. Teased a little bit of a, a romantic interest there between Enzo and, and Sasha Banks. Also, Charlotte, with a pretty sick burn on Enzo Amore, talking about his sex life and making the soft reference uh, I thought this was not a terrible segment by any means. It wasn't great. It's nothing that you know will be on promo of the year lists or anything like that. But I kind of like this. I, I like much like you said. I like that they tried to do something different, Rob. Absolutely. Sometimes that's all you have to do. You can do, and this wasn't necessarily that different from a Seth Rollins promo. But the fact that you had new faces in it, the fact that they you ended up going right into a uh, a tag team match of some sort, like you'll get away with that every once in a while of just having the different names in there, even though the content may not be too different. And it also shows importance of the women's division. You got a big rematch at SummerSlam between Charlotte and Sasha. 
You put them over as big stars because generally stars open raw. Generally it doesn't open with a Neville versus Sheamus match, right? So you get some pretty good stuff at the beginning of Raw. This tells the people, hey, Charlotte, Sasha, Chris Jericho, Enzo Cass, these guys are the important parts of the show. We need to pay attention to them. This led to a mixed tag match, which we don't really see a lot of these days. Uh, Enzo Amore and Sasha Banks against Chris Jericho and Charlotte. We had a little woman-on-man violence. Sasha Banks slapped the hell out of Chris Jericho. I mean, she really let him have it. Kevin Owens on commentary. Now, this this teased, in the end, it teased a Jericho and Owens versus maybe Enzo and Cass match. I've always liked the chemistry between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. Um, as corny as Chris Jericho can be, Kevin Owens kind of counteracts that, sort of. Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought this was was good in that it established that Charlotte can pin Sasha Banks as well. I thought this accomplished quite a few things, Rob. No, it definitely did. You got the uh, you got the furthering of Charlotte and Sasha Banks. You you want to see them wrestle again because we know Sasha can beat Charlotte. Now you know Charlotte gets the win here. You want to see Sasha really put it to her in a one on one situation. Chris Jericho, yeah, we're going to see what happens here with Owens, Jericho, and then uh, Cass and Enzo. It, you know, it, it's something different. The tag team scene on Raw, you already have the New Day with the tag titles doing their thing. Uh, so this helps both uh, strengthen the uh, tag team division further down the card. It was good. It was an interesting match. And that's right. You don't see intergender tags. You don't see mixed tags in the WWE PG era because it seems like they're deathly afraid of having any type of... Uh, Woman on man, man on woman, whatever whatever the case may be as far as violence between them. So it was very interesting seeing them go back to this because, yeah, for years and years, they've been deathly afraid of doing anything like that. Now, I understand pro wrestling is a little bit different when you say, you know, it's an entertainment program. And I'm not advocating men regularly beating the living shit out of women. But it is a television show. If, if done in the base of a storyline that makes sense and someone really, you know, it, it causes a character to get over. I don't mind them doing things that are that push the envelope, that are race, gender, or or any of that stuff based. As long as you know, it's just not egregious Sean, bad. You may not mind it, but there are sponsors out there that are not wanting to see that type of stuff on television, and there are sponsors out there that don't want to have customers coming to them. I don't support your product because you support a show that has woman-on-man violence or man-on-woman violence. It's, it's something that they've been hesitant to do, not just because they just don't want to do it. There's reasons behind it. And whereas fans may not necessarily mind that, yes, it's a TV show, but it's not always presented as such. There's a lot of realism to the TV show, too. So uh, sometimes there are arguments where I say, oh, you know, wrestling's fake. Well, yeah, so is the show Friends. Like, sometimes you just equate it to being TV is TV. But in viewers' minds, especially a lot of wrestling fans out there, it's not the same thing as a regular TV show. So they don't portray, portray everything as such. And yeah, maybe maybe this will signify a trend. Maybe there'll be a change in their philosophy. Maybe we'll see more mixed tag matches. Maybe we'll see more intergender tag matches. Um, I, I just I think this is kind of a one-week outlier because they had these two programs they wanted to mesh. And maybe it was just because they had a segment they wanted to mesh. So... We'll see how it goes in the future. I just don't expect to see a lot more of it. Absolutely. Uh, so last week, I took a little jab at our our buddy David Bixenspan, said that the jobber in which Braun Strowman faced looked like him. Well, apparently I didn't have the last laugh because I got about 
12 tweets from people asking me why I was jobbing to Braun Strowman on tonight's show. And I'll tell you why I was jobbing for Braun Strowman on tonight's Raw. It's because I got paid $1,000. Yeah, and you made it back here from Atlanta really quickly. So congratulations to you. Uh, I thought you were going to go with that you got 14 rapid-fire DMs from Mr. Bixenspan because we've all been there. Oh, gosh. Either way, either way, um, I loved a lot about this. Literally the most important thing broadcasting that Byron Saxton has ever done for the WWE may be interviewing these jobbers, and that is not an insult because I love that they do this. I also love that Evan Anderholm, the guy who jobbed, when he was asked why, he said, "Uh, because I got paid $1,000. Why wouldn't I? And then he said, and if I win, I get paid $5,000. I think that the money involved in pro wrestling as it pertains to quote unquote prize fighting is something they should play up a lot more. Uh, you know, that could be the catalyst of a guy who goes on a long losing streak, really turning things around is that he's got to make money or maybe his house, you know, is getting foreclosed on. Now, WWE doesn't want to portray their wrestlers as this, especially in the middle of any particular lawsuit where they're accused of not taking care of their talent. But I think that money as it pertains to pro wrestling should be played up a lot more. Oh, yeah, Braun Strowman slaughtered this guy per usual. Uh, what did you think of the segment, Rob? Yeah, no, I, I like that they're trying to make him interesting. Like, you don't see Braun Strowman on TV. You know he's going to destroy a dude, so you turn the channel. They at least make it somewhat entertaining in a different way. Not so much, you know, pro Braun Strowman, but you want to see what's going to happen, and you end up watching the squash match to see these guys get slaughtered. It's a cool new unique, uh, unique way, at least in WWE eyes, to have these squash matches. And then Braun ends up getting the win. So you're like, oh, this was fun. I'm going to keep watching the Braun Strowman squash matches. My question is, where does it lead? Like, is this going to keep happening? We had, you know, a couple of years ago when Ryback was coming out in this way, he would beat up two guys at once and then eventually started going into the real stuff. I'm looking forward to when they finally start going into the real stuff with Braun Strowman because it can't be too much longer that they do this. Although I guess with the way Raw is going to have pay-per-views now every other month and Braun Strowman not likely to be on SummerSlam, it could be two months before we actually see any type of storyline with Braun Strowman where he's just beating dudes down like this. Also, great news, Rob. Yeah. I have nailed down an interview with James Ellsworth, the draw, oh, the jobber from last week's Raw. Yeah, you're about a week late. I mean, do people still want to hear from James Ellsworth? I of mean, course they do. He's okay. the greatest jobber ever. What I'm going to try to do is interview every single jobber that Braun Strowman faces. Okay. Hey, if that's a series you want to make happen, do it. You know, put your best foot forward. Make I'm it sure happen. it's going to be worth the transcription time. I'm positive it won't be a terrible idea. Oh God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. Just put it on. Put it on video, and then that's it. Like, if people want to hear it, they got to watch it. They can't just read it. Yeah. Put it. In, I don't know. Do whatever you want with that. But yeah, James Elworth. Sure. He was the first. Like, if you're going to interview one of them, interview the first. You don't want to start with the second person. We have some people, I guess, maybe first-timers asking, why isn't Vince Russo on the show? Vince does our Thursday shows. Also, he does a written Raw review for us that will go up tomorrow. You all get Rob, and Rob is fantastic. (laughs) You all get Rob tonight, like it's some sort of punishment. Uh, Yeah, Sean and Rob on Mondays, Sean and Jeff on Tuesdays, 
Sean and Showdown Joe on Wednesdays, Sean and Vince on Thursday afternoons, and then Sean and dot, 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 to be a, uh, on any of the pay-per-view nights. So there's plenty of Sean, obviously good. I mean, Sean is the glue that holds Sean and Sean together. Um, so yes, watch the shows, but that is the schedule Mondays, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays afternoon. Vince Russo will be on Thursday afternoons. I will be on Mondays. I hope you come back. And then if you're, if you're, you know, want more wrestling talk on Wednesday, hit the link up, do it. Do it, guys. Hey, if you all haven't checked out uh, the podcast with Showdown Joe, even if you don't know anything about MMA, that guy does a fantastic job of educating people on MMA. 2009 Fighters Only Magazine, Journalist of the Year nominee, that guy. Yeah, so, Sean, uh, I've, I've caught a couple of the Wednesday MMA podcasts and the some you know, going into the UFC shows. Showdown Joe is great. He's really good. Really good. Uh, what was not really good was Golden Truth versus the Shining Stars. Uh, they're keeping up this Pokemon Go gimmick. Anything worth talking about, Rob? Is Pokemon Go fading? Like, I don't play no. it myself and know, you know, if you guys do, great. But it seems like we've been talking about it for like four weeks now or whatever. And usually in my experience, games tend to phase out a little bit. Like, they just, they're, they're really hot. You know, Angry Birds was really hot. And then you stop hearing people talk about it. Yeah, we had that song pop game was one. Uh, there was a Trivial Pursuit type game that uh, people kept trying to get me to play. Words with Friends. Eventually, yes, there's a lot of people still playing it, but you don't hear as much of it. And here we are on WWE still hearing a lot about it. Uh, is, is Pokemon Go fading out? Am I wrong? Like, I don't even I, know. I think it's still pretty popular. Plus, I mean, like Angry Birds and Words with Friends, they didn't have like a 20-year history leading up to it's- them either. Oh, Words so of Friends had Scrabble. I mean, Scrabble has a pretty good history. Uh, and you, you can start playing some of those games. But uh, you're right about Angry Birds. Angry Birds is something, you know, completely new. Uh, at Shake Them Ropes, let me know. I, let me know if Pokemon Go is still a big thing because I generally don't know. I see people in my neighborhood playing it a lot, though. Like, I see random people yeah. walking around. Like, I was, I was at home the other day, and the dogs are barking. The dogs are going nuts. And I go to the door, and there's someone standing outside my door not facing my way to knock on it facing the other way with their phone in their hands right in front of their face. And I'm like, I think this person's trying to catch a Pokemon at my house. And I can tell them right now, there ain't no Pokemon at my house. That you know of. I guess that uh, I know of, I guess. Finn Balor, Seth Rollins face-to-face for a promo in the ring. I have doubts that Finn Balor, if, if this is the extent of his personality that he, he shows or gets to show – that he can stay a top guy. Um, now, granted, this is his second week on the show, so likely we haven't scratched the surface. Uh, this, this, you know, it was okay. It was fine. Yeah. But uh, Finn is Finn. He's just, you yeah. know, he just likes to play with his Legos, and he likes to show his competitive spirit. Uh, this won't be the extent of what we get to see, but right now he's a guy going up there who's like the new kid in town and he thinks he's better than everyone. So he's going to go in there. He's not, he's not being the playful Finn Balor. He's not going to show much personality now. Uh, will he? Yeah, probably. But right now it's all about Seth Rollins getting people to hate him so much that they want to see Finn Balor win. And that's what this promo, uh, segment was. It was mostly to get heat on Seth Rollins, not so much to get shine on Finn Balor. And we still got a couple of weeks before SummerSlam. So there's plenty of time for them to go in a different direction or just change their presentation in the next couple of weeks with Finn Balor. 
not too worried about it right now. It's the second night in, and the first night was a pretty great one. He beat Roman oh, yeah. Reigns. He won a four-way over a guy, by the way. So this guy beat Rusev in a four-way, and then Roman Reigns, and now those two jobbers who <laughs> lost to Finn Balor are going to fight for a championship while Finn Balor's fighting for the real championship. Uh, cool little dynamic there. But yeah, I thought this segment was fine for Finn Balor. It really was meant to get heat on Seth Rollins, and I think they accomplished that. Yeah, plus Balor got to say the ass word, so. Sure, why not? Sure. Yeah. Um, Mark Henry versus Rusev United States Championship. This, you know, was used to put Rusev over. They announced, or they mentioned that Mark Henry would be the WWE's, um, I can't remember, ambassador for the Rio Olympics. Yep. Which is a great role for him, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially with his athletic history and NBC Universal carrying the Olympics. So, if they can get Mark Henry on some of these, especially in prime time, if they can get him on NBC TV during the Olympics, that's a pretty big coup for WWE. Absolutely. Uh, Rusev trashed the Olympics afterwards, trashed America. We are the uh, worst. I, I, mean, I right. can't We're wait. the worst. Every day that I podcast during the Olympics, I am going to wear an obnoxiously American shirt, and I can't wait obnoxiously American. Hopefully I have enough to make it different each time. We do a lot of podcasts. That is easier said than done. But yeah. I know I have at least five or six. The Olympics go for like two weeks too. Yeah, I know. So that's like 10 shows. You're, and I believe, well, you don't have to worry about SummerSlam, but I think what, there's probably two UFC shows, right? Probably. I think, yeah, at least one or two. I, I'm not covering this Saturdays. Carlos Toro is covering that. I have a wedding to attend and, a housewarming party to attend. So programming note, guys, no post UFC podcast Saturday night. Uh, Joe, hopefully Joe and I will be doing that uh, Sunday. Joe has color commentating duties for Titan FC this weekend. So glad you mentioned that, Rob. Also, guys, if you all haven't joined in on our uh, Monday Night Raw viewing party, SmackDown viewing parties, UFC, all that stuff, we now have discus or discuss whatever form it's called. We have that now, over 700 comments in our Monday Night Raw viewing party. So join in on that, and you can talk to us on the podcast that way as well. I think it's uh, supposed to be discuss, right? It's it their own little quirky spelling of it, but I think it's supposed to be said discuss. It is. Yeah. It is. Discus. Uh, why not? You know, whatever, whatever you want to say, Sean, you're the boss. There we go. Uh, Roman Reigns came out, stopped this, this onslaught of American slander, and... Superman punched Rusev, among other things, then held the United States Championship in his hands and gazed at it, Rob. He gazed at it like it's so beautiful. Uh, You know, he had just lost a couple of chances for the WWE title. He's gazing at the U.S. Championship like, I want gold. I'm not good enough for the big gold right now, so I'm going to go for this uh, U.S. title. Uh, We asked last week, and, you know, Jeff and I debated on Shake Them Ropes really uh, for maybe too long. Like, what was Roman Reigns going to do at SummerSlam? Because there wasn't really a spot for him on the card. And we didn't, we didn't know what would happen with the IC title. We didn't know what happened with the U.S. championship. And here we got our answer. Roman Reigns is going to go into the U.S. title picture in what could honestly be a legit dream match. Like, these guys have fought and wrestled before on WWE TV. But as far as a pay-per-view match, with Rusev on the way up and Roman on the way down, which is a whole different dynamic for WWE in the last three years. This to me is a legit, like big Hoss battle. 
And I'm looking forward to it. This is another A-plus match on a SummerSlam pay-per-view that's rounding out really well. Oh, hell yeah, it is. Also, you know, we got to talk about Roman Reigns sliding down that card. And he got oh, a pretty, he got a much better reaction than he usually does. Do you attribute that to Rusev as a heel, or do you attribute it to people saying, okay, maybe Reigns in this spot, we don't mind so much? Yes, because the whole issue with Roman Reigns is he was getting over organically. We talked about this organic battle again. He was getting over organically really well when he was a member of the Shield. It didn't feel like they were pushing him down your throats because they were having basically everyone set up equally in the Shield. So he gets momentum because everyone loves him. He comes in with a punch. He's a, you know, he's with a group they like. And then it was when they really pushed him as a, a solo guy, throwing him down your throat that people, you know, set back a little bit on him. They pushed back on Roman Reigns. Well, now he's not the guy. The guy is Finn Balor and he's going up against Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns can be on this undercard, which he's going to be what fourth or fifth from the top on SummerSlam. So that's a place that's palatable for most WWE uh, you know, fans, especially those vocal against Roman. But it also had something to do with, yes, you're right. Rusev is a pretty good heel right now for them. They don't want to cheer Rusev at the moment, so that really helps. And also Roman Reigns played football in the area, so that might have played a little bit of a contributing factor. So there were, there were a lot of things that really helped him get a more positive reaction. But the main one is, yes, I think he's in a more palatable position. People will digest him better when he's not being all over the show, pushed as a main eventer. I think that really helps, and I think it's going to end up being a really good thing for Roman as the crowd maybe builds momentum again, trying to push him up towards the top. I'd completely forgotten that Roman Reigns went to Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yep. Played with, uh, Calvin, played with Megatron, didn't he? Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's why I'm on the show. I'm trying to give you football facts <laughs> and uh, you know backgrounds of these guys. You know, Memory like a steel trap here. Uh, sometimes well, it, the door doesn't open to let things in, but, you know, I do what I can. I don't know if that's a good idea, Rob, because you might disenfranchise some viewers if you give me more football knowledge after I kick their asses at DraftBeast.com all fall long, my friends. DraftBeast.com. Go there. Check it out. Our great sponsor, DraftBeast.com. One of my favorite things to do to pass the time. You know, the money that they give us for these shows is supposed to offset, you know, the pay for the people that we do. They're, they're making it back on the money I'm probably going to lose this fall. DraftBeast.com, place to go, you guys. Titus O'Neil, Darren Young. I liked the idea of this match. It kind of reminded me, like, there was no buildup to this match. None at all. It kind of reminded me of, like, Raw in 1995 where you'd get a random match like this between two former partners that don't really have a story, but you have that built-in story. Titus won by holding the tights. Tight us. <laughs> then afterwards, Bob Backlund yelled at him backstage. Titus O'Neil kind of healed him. Darren Young threw him down. Now, Titus Young or Titus O'Neil also ran from Darren Young after this victory. <laughs> A lot of this was confusing. I can't decide if I liked it or not, Rob. A lot of this was confusing. The last two minutes of just Sean Ross Sapp on this show could be put on a highlight reel, uh, you know, good or bad. Titus Young also, by the way, a mistake I make at least five times did I, a show. Did I say Titus Young ten times? At least five times a show do I call him Titus Young because that's what they are. It's Titus O'Neill and Darren Young. It's Titus yeah. Young. Um, Titus O'Neill going heel. Interesting. He's going back to kind of the Miz role where he's going to be like this super dad, super guy, 
all over the place in media, but a bad guy on TV. Uh, you know, the anti-John Cena, who always has to be a good guy on TV because he's Mr. WWE out there, uh, proving that you can be a heel and still be like, you know, a pretty good babyface uh, ambassador for WWE. But Titus O'Neil going, going heel, it's an interesting step. Titus O'Neil and Darren Young could possibly be a pre-show match at SummerSlam if they so choose. But I don't really know where Titus Young or Titus, see, there we go. <laughs> where Titus O'Neil goes after that as a heel, I don't know who stacks up on the babyface side for him right now, uh, but um, Big Cass, maybe? Maybe Big Cass in a singles feud after SummerSlam? Oh, I don't know. Uh, what's interesting, though, is the fact that Darren Young screwed himself at Battleground, right? Darren Young was in an Intercontinental Championship match, a match that, if he did not win at Battleground, would not get again because The Miz and he are on separate shows. So he goes out there and lets, you know, his the voices in his head get the better of him, basically. He lets Bob Backlund interfere and get the better of him. He goes out there and gets a double DQ, and now he's screwed. He has no championship to fight for. He's back at the bottom of the barrel of the Raw roster. Darren Young really screwed himself at Battleground. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Nia Jax destroyed Ariel Monroe. Another squash match, almost in the vein of Braun Strowman, just with, you know, no pre-match interview. Uh, Nia Jax knocked the living shit out of Ariel Monroe a couple of times, which she's supposed to do. Absolutely. No, she looked great. Ariel Monroe, a student of Cedric Alexander. So uh, Cedric getting his paws here on WWE Raw. Uh, yeah, it was it was another minute-long squash. I think it went the exact same time as the Braun Strowman squash went, actually. So they got this formula down to a T. Uh, and yeah, Nia Jax on the way up as we uh, as we potentially see her in a big thing coming up after SummerSlam. And we got the Charlotte-Sasha Banks rematch. Afterwards, Sasha's going to need an opponent or Charlotte if she wins it back. Uh, and Nia Jax looks like she's going to be it as we head into uh, the next Raw pay-per-view, which I believe is Clash of Champions in Indianapolis up in uh, September. True, uh, and we've not seen Sasha Banks and Nia Jax, so a new fresh matchup as well. I don't really necessarily want to talk about what happened during the Kevin Owens-Chris Jericho interview. I want to talk about Tom Phillips being forced to stand with his legs spread wide open to make himself look shorter than the 5'10 Chris Jericho and the 5'10 Kevin Owens. Are they try? Why would they try? I mean, I get it. They don't want an interviewer to be taller than their wrestlers because it's hurt Conor McGregor so much with everybody that stood next to him. I know they don't want them to be significantly taller, which Tom Phillips is significantly taller than Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. Uh, but yeah, just get someone else to do it. Just have you know the girls. Listen. JoJo's the ring announcer. JoJo, by the way, we you know we haven't mentioned Lillian Garcia announced today that she's leaving WWE uh, because uh, taking care of her father and starting a new chapter in her life. So JoJo now, who's super tiny and was doing backstage interviews, is now the lead announcer in WWE. She's the lead Raw announcer. She's got the most service time in WWE. So that really happened fast, didn't it? Uh, yeah. But you know you have Tom Phillips back there who doesn't have a role really on Raw other than backstage interviewer. You can say get someone else for the job, but then what does Tom Phillips do, right? I mean, what does he do? So it's kind of where they're stuck. They should probably get someone else to do it. They should probably have Renee Young go to both Raw and SmackDown. I don't get why she can only be on SmackDown. Like it's not like she's doing house shows and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, it's if you're gonna have Tom Phillips do it, 
they've decided, you know what, we're not going to have him be super tall. We're going to have him be shorter than the guys. So now he has to, you know, walk and, and stand there with his feet five feet apart. It's ridiculous. As, as our uh, Raw recapper Alex pointed out, one time Tom interviewed Neville and he was made to look several inches shorter than Neville. Yeah, so. no, it's getting it's getting ridiculous. And they've showed it before. Like they did, yeah. uh, Kevin Owens points this out sometimes. I, I forget what show it was. Maybe it was on SmackDown. Maybe it was on NXT somewhere. But they just stop and point lower and they're laughing at how Tom Phillips has to stand. It was probably on a WWE backstage. Kev, Kevin Owens has pointed it out before on yeah, air. Yes. It might have been on YouTube and different things too if you want to still go find it. But yeah, it's ridiculous. Just let the guy stand. Everyone knows how tall he is. Just let him stand like a normal human being. So what if the wrestlers are shorter? New Day versus Gallows and Anderson. Xavier Woods banned from ringside. Gallows and Anderson too sweeted and Biggie rolled up Gallows or rolled up Anderson. After the match, Anderson and Gallows beat up New Day. Now, there are some people that say... This gets people. This gets both people over, and then there are those who say it gets nobody over. When somebody loses a match, then beats the shit out of who just beat them. How? How did? Which category did this one fall into for you? I mean, it. I think it put a little bit of heat on there. Uh, there's questions about the new day now. Um, Biggie being injured. You know, I. I honestly keep. I just keep wanting to talk about Tom Phillips and how he, he doesn't have to be shorter than everybody. Like, that's what I'm thinking during this. Ariel Hawani Hawani never made me think any less of Conor McGregor being five inches taller. Stop playing around with heights. It doesn't matter. I mean, Chris Jericho is not going to be taller than everyone. He's a shorter guy. And we don't have to worry about Chris Jericho being thought of less by the fans. He's a guy who's been around for 16 years. The fans, they think everything already of him. They don't have to worry about it. Chris Jericho does not have to be larger than life. I understand if you want to do that with the big show. I understand how they wanted to do that with Andre the Giant. You want to do that with Kevin Nash. You want to do that with the really tall guys to make them seem even bigger. Braun Strowman. Make Tom Phillips duck to Braun Strowman. I'd be completely fine with that. You don't have to have him shorter than Chris Jericho and Neville. Yeah. um... As for the New Day, I'm excited for the SummerSlam match. I honestly don't care about anything they do in the next two or three weeks leading up to SummerSlam. I'll look forward to the match as much as I can for a Gallows and Anderson match. But uh, really, I'm looking forward to that one to see if they actually change the tag team titles. That, that's kind of all I'm looking for. We've seen what we've yeah. seen at the New Day. We know what Gallows and Anderson are. I don't, need to, I don't care what they do in the next three weeks of build. Show me the match. I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it for what it is. But stop doing all the twists and turns. I don't need to know if Big E's going to limp into the match, if it's going to be Xavier Woods and Kofi. What's going to happen? I don't care. Just just make it pretty basic. You can keep that one basic. You don't have to go all out. New Day approaching that one-year mark for uh, the tag titles. We had Sheamus versus Cesaro. Earlier, there was a segment in which these two both were upset that they got overlooked for a U.S. title shot. I loved what Mick Foley did in this. He said that he, he, he really put over Cesaro saying that he thought that Cesaro was a top five pick in the draft, but Shane McMahon and Stephanie McMahon both had access to his medical reports and the condition of his shoulder in which he keeps taped up every week. And that's why he fell in the draft. I loved that, that, that nod that makes Cesaro at least appear as if to his general managers, he looks like a big star, but you know, they had to play the savvy GM. 
Cesaro won this, had a really nice transition into the neutralizer. Cesaro gets a future United States Championship match. Does this lead you to believe one way or another any particular direction of the United States title to Roman Reigns or Rusev at SummerSlam? It really doesn't because I, for all we know, Cesaro could get his championship match the week before SummerSlam with Rusev. And then they use that just as a transition to the Rusev Reigns match. So I, I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't put any stock in, you know, who's going to win at SummerSlam because of Cesaro waiting in the wings. I just don't. Uh, it was very interesting that the WWE commentary kept putting over how Cesaro did not want to be on Raw and how he was unhappy with his spot and his position. Uh, so now, yeah, maybe maybe he will turn heel. Maybe Roman Reigns does win and Cesaro ends up being this big badass heel going after him. I don't know. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the transition of the character of Cesaro because ever since his return, all he's been is a really good wrestler letting everyone else shine over him. So giving a little bit more depth to Cesaro could be a really good thing, and I think it's much needed. He Slater came out. He had Jinder Mahal with him who made Chris Jericho look like the most stylish man in the universe in comparison. No easy task. He said that 2MB was going to run wild and talked about how hot the free agents were. Mick Foley came out and said that there is spot a spot on the roster for one more guy. So he was going to have a 2MB battle. Referee came out. Heath Slater resisted. Jinder Mahal gave him the big boot, pinned him. I don't get it. I, I love Heath Slater. I think he's fantastic in this spot. I do not know what Jinder Mahal can provide you in which anybody else, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get the high. They could have brought, I mean, Ty Dillinger could have been fine in whatever Jinder Mahal is probably going to do. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions. Jinder Mahal doesn't get me as much as a guy like Kurt Hawkins does, really. I, Kurt Hawkins, to me, screams, like, why is he anywhere close to WWE? But Jinder Mahal, I mean, he's got he's he's got the Indian descent, the Canadian descent. He's multicultural. Uh, that can play well as far as the WWE network. It's a guy they trust. I mean, he's a superstar who's been on WWE main TV for years. So it, it's a guy they like, obviously, because otherwise they probably wouldn't bring him back. And I could question Rhino more. I could question, obviously, Kurt Hawkins more. But it's a spot. And likely, he's going to be a guy who's going to job out to the bigger stars, the Roman Reigns, the Rusev. So maybe maybe you want to keep Ty Dillinger on, on NXT because he plays that mentor role backstage really well. And maybe you don't want to have him just come up to the main roster to lose all the time. Jinder Mahal is a respectable guy that can go in and provide an eight-minute loss to somebody and actually make that person feel a little bit more special. So is he going to get a world title shot anytime soon? No. Is he going to get a U.S. title shot anytime soon? No. Do I think they reached the full potential of Jinder Mahal on WWE TV? No. So let's see what he does. But I don't expect too much from him. I certainly could question other signings much more than him. Makes me feel bad for Davari that he was not contractually available because if you want a guy with Indian descent, he would fit into that cruiserweight division as well on Raw. Uh, plus, you know, he's 
for for what very little that the WDB would ask for him to offer, it's probably more than Jinder Mahal. I mean, you got Arya Dur- Arya Dvari in the Cruiserweight Classic right now, so you have his brother, and he, he may be coming to WWE sooner than later. But he's also a cruiserweight. And this way, it gives you a, a kind of a heavyweight, which is what Jinder Mahal is. And maybe they have a plan for him. Maybe they actually do have something in mind for him. I like the gimmick with Heath Slater, though. I love that he's just going to every show and he's going to keep losing and losing to all these guys who are going to, coming back. You know, now if he loses to Kurt Hawkins on SmackDown tomorrow, whatever. Uh, sure. But yeah, I, I kind of like the fun. It, it brings me back to when he was doing on the way to Raw 1000, I believe it was, when he was losing to all the legends. Heath Slater does this stuff, this campy stuff really well. And that kind of keeps his role in the company pretty safe, right? When they can know he can go out there and he's not afraid to lose and make a fool of himself. Like that gives you a job for a long period of time. So for Heath Slater, this is probably maybe even the best thing that can happen right now. Seth Rollins I'd, I'd, versus. I'm sorry, but I'd rather be Heath Slater in this position than Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Even after oh, getting yeah. the win on Raw, I would rather be Heath Slater in this position than Jinder. For sure. Um, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, fun match. I they Zayn has to pin somebody with the Blue Thunder Bomb at some point. It has to happen. Has to Jinder happen. Mahal, maybe. I hope nope. so. God, I hope so. Yeah, you. if you're going to put that over, because AJ Styles did a really good thing when he came to WWE. He he Obviously, he had the Styles Clash. You know, he, he has the Calf Crusher. You set up a couple of these different moves, and you actually win with them. Sami Zayn wins with the Huluva Kick, and that's kind of it. He he needs to win with the Blue Thunderbomb. It can make the transition that much more, uh, you know, it, it, you have the near fall there that people believe in a little bit better. So, yes, I agree that they should do that. You're not going to beat anyone big with it, but you can beat a squash guy. You can beat, you know, someone smaller on the roster, a Jinder Mahal, a Heath Slater even. Uh, So, yeah, at some point they absolutely have to do it. The story of this match was that there are a lot of similarities, quote unquote, between Sami Zayn and Finn Balor, and this is the type of matchup in which Seth Rollins is going to face. Right. Now, we, we know where Seth Rollins is going from here. Where does a Sami Zayn go from here? Because he has to be an important part of this show given the depth. Uh, you know, you have the cruiserweight division coming to Raw. He could be a top cruiserweight. Uh, I'm not trying to hang on this like it's fantasy booking on my part. I, I still feel like if they're going to bring cruiserweights to Raw, they don't just throw a bunch of cruiserweight classic guys on there. I think you're going to have someone from the main roster who's somewhat of a star inside the division in some way. So I see that kind of being the future of Sami Zayn. If that doesn't happen, then not only are they weird for changing his weight on the website, but I don't know who else you put in that in that spot. So Sami Zayn, I don't know. Who else, who else is open? Like there's no one open right now unless you may be Titus O'Neil. If they want to do Titus O'Neil in a big match with Sami Zayn, I guess that's something you can do. Revisit their horrible matches from NXT several years ago. Uh, just, yeah. just what I want is Sami Zayn to get concussions. Right, I know. It, it's weird, but yeah, he's kind of the odd man out. If you're going to have Roman Reigns go up against Rusev, I don't know what you do with, with Sami Zayn right now. So you got to keep him away from Kevin Owens, too. That's a big thing. They really seem intent on keeping him away from Kevin Owens. So unless he just sits out this pay-per-view, I think that I think I can see him going as the big star in the Cruiserweight division to kind of prop up the newly created Cruiserweight championship if they bring the Cruiserweight title back. That's it for Raw, you guys. We're going to get into some questions, and I'll uh, bring up one MMA story as well. Somebody asked, any word on the women's and tag team belts? Uh, none yet. None yet, but we haven't. I mean, American Alpha will debut tomorrow. Once they're set in the tag team division, we'll start seeing more storylines. Last week on SmackDown was all about just introducing the women who will be on that brand. Eventually, they will have something to fight about. 
we didn't have to have everything set up in the first week. The universal title needed to be set up because we needed to know what's going to happen at SummerSlam. But you didn't need to set up a women's championship for SmackDown. You don't need to set up a tag team title for SmackDown. You know, let it play out a little bit. Let, you know, let tag teams establish themselves on that show and eventually they can fight for a championship. So it's coming, most likely. We didn't need it right away. Somebody says, uh, how long until Roman Reigns is back in the main event scene? I would say probably by the end of the year, at the very latest, probably. Yeah, by the end of the year, uh, you got Seth Rollins up there. You could have that play out till Survivor Series. Roman Reigns, especially if he wins the U.S. championship or maybe, uh, you know, they go on to Survivor Series for the U.S. title. Uh, Roman Reigns eventually is going to win that feud. I don't see Rusev winning a program over Roman Reigns. So, yeah, probably what's next after that would either be doing what John Cena did and just keep defending the U.S. title or eventually move up to the world title and uh, or the universal championship and go from there. But it it could be a while. Maybe they have plans for SummerSlam or all the way through to uh, maybe even WrestleMania built out. Maybe he's not in the main event picture for WrestleMania in their preliminary plans, and they're just going to keep him as a top guy in the mid card for right now. You know, I could see something like that happening too. And and also Brock Lesnar. What is he going to do after Randy Orton? Brock Lesnar on the Raw brand. If he's going to work Survivor Series or another pay per view this year, where is he exactly going to fit in? A guy like Roman Reigns might be, you know, the first stop on a Brock Lesnar tour after Seth, after uh, his Randy Orton match. So maybe they go back to main event status with Brock Lesnar. There's a lot of options. Uh, we don't know where anyone's going because we barely even know what Survivor Series, or excuse me, what SummerSlam is going to look at. Somebody says, if CM Punk fights, will Rob still eat a hat? Still? I mean, I haven't had to eat a hat yet, and CM Punk hasn't fought yet. I don't care. He was on that poster, and you God. brought him again. There are people that, that were really coming at you. He's on a poster. Watch out. I mean, come uh, on. I mean, the majority of those fights in which have been put on posters have not happened. UFC year. 200. Who was on the poster two months out? A lot of guys that ended up not fighting on that show. All there I'm were, saying. There were four announced main events for that fight, for that show. Yes. before all I, was I, love, I love when there's always this milestone uh, there's a milestone. Oh, CM Punk is t- selling tickets for UFC Chicago. Maybe he's going to be on that show. <laughs> CM Punk is going on the Dana White Who Wants to Fight show with Mickey Gall, and we got a Mickey Gall opponent. Oh, I must be eating my hat. Mickey Gall's been named the opponent. Oh, he's training. Oh, oh, we have a fight announced, and what pay-per-view it's going to be on. Oh, you must be eating your hat. I love after every one of these seemingly milestone events, I keep getting more people coming at me, and nothing has changed. CM Punk hasn't fought yet. I don't believe he will. And the fact that he's on a poster does not mean that someone could get injured between now and September 10th. Mickey Gall could get hurt between now and September 10th. Mickey Gall could be popped for a steroid test for all I know. CM Punk could be popped for a steroid test for all I know. Some sure. Things can happen. Maybe, maybe a different fight on September 10th's card breaks up. And now they have to move fights around based on the star power. And maybe CM Punk gets moved to another show and then other chaos happens. There's just so much that can happen. We get, we, you're trying to stay optimistic. I get it, Ron. Sam, <laughs> Sam Punk being on a poster for September 10th means literally nothing. Somebody asks if WDB is serious about pushing Balor or Ziggler or if they're just trying to appease Smarks. Oh, no. Balor, well, yes. I, Ziggler, no. Yeah, Ziggler, no. And I hate the term Smarks or IWC or any of that shit, but – more there were more people that were like head scratching and a little befuddled about the Ziggler thing. I hope they turn him heel though. Somebody says, could well, a random oh, jobber hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah. More in that question, 
they didn't need a big time opponent for Dean Ambrose on this pay-per-view. They have Brock and Randy. They yeah. have Seth and Finn. They're going to have obviously Reigns and uh, Rusev now, and they're going to have AJ Styles and John Cena. They did not need a big level opponent. This is them kind of throwing like a Royal Rumble. You would always have the weak world title challengers Hard at the Royal Rumble because the Royal Rumble match is the big thing. You throw away a Bob Holly versus Brock Lesnar. You do test in the title match and throw him out of there. You don't have to have anyone big going for the title at SummerSlam. You might need it later on when you do all these other pay-per-views, Backlash and whatnot, Survivor Series. So throw out a Dolph Ziggler challenge right now. Is it a push? No, it's just a challenger for Dean Ambrose. Whereas Finn Balor, I don't think they're going to mess around with the Raw title on a big show like SummerSlam. Finn Balor is going to be a guy that they really look for as a star on that brand. So, yes, that's a true push, but Dolph Ziggler, no. This is just a, a one-off title match that I suspect he'll lose, and hopefully he'll lose, because Dolph Ziggler is not the right guy to beat Dean Ambrose. Dolph Ziggler is going to need to take his on it in order to win this WWE title. If he goes to our podcast page at Fightful.com slash podcast, and he opens up one of our pages, and he clicks that on it link, and he takes his alpha brain, then he studies the tape of Dean Ambrose. If he takes that shroom tech and gets that energy, if he buys one of those beautiful kettlebells, beautiful kettlebells, after you click that link, he might stand a chance of winning. He might. Uh, also, Tess should have won the title at our, uh, not maybe Survivor Series 99, held it until Armageddon. I really think so. Or whenever the big, big show's title reign there, I think that should have been Tess. Um, either way. Okay, good call. I do. I, was, I, you, you I actually think the test. Test, I, I wonder, I'm thinking of the Royal Rumble where Test came back and he was super juiced, and I think he was in the ECW oh, title picture, and he had that weird, I forget his opponent. It might have been Bobby Lashley, was, I'm not he sure. He was uncomfortably huge. No, it was it was ridiculous. He got so huge just to get his job back, and then it ended up you know, being a factor in killing him. It's horrible. Somebody says, could one of these jobbers end up pulling a one, two, three kid and winning? Yeah, and I think that's kind of the cool thing about it is that eventually one of these guys could end up winning. I doubt it'll be over Strowman or Nia Jax, but you know, you never know. Yeah, I mean, well, it would have to be. Those are kind of the two guys having you know this gimmick right now. Uh, could someone? I don't think anyone's going to beat Nia that way. Could someone beat Braun that way? Maybe. I would hope it's not going to be some rando that they bring in. I hope it's someone maybe from the Performance Center or someone from NXT that comes up, maybe in that transition period where it goes from complete randos to WWE talents who are lesser known and still on their way up, and someone beats them there. Um, maybe a guy like Tino Sabatelli, maybe, being the guy oh, to beat Braun Strowman. That'd be pretty <laughs> NXT main eventer, Tino Sabatelli, by the way. Before we go, I wanted to address one MMA situation. Mark Hunt. Uh, so this guy is you, pissed. You can't, you can't say that on TV, Sean. Yeah. This guy is pissed that Brock Lesnar popped for PEDs. Yep. And now he's pissed that USADA is coming to drug test him. I don't get it. You can't. This is what they wanted. This is what those people that were championing the the drug testing era, this is what they were supposed to want. Now, I, I get it. Mark Hunt didn't get all the money that he thought he should have gotten out of Brock Lesnar, and he, he's being pissy and pouty about it right now. He's going to start push, putting himself into a Daniel Cormier situation where people look at him more as a crybaby than somebody who 
is saying things that, that they have rightfully should say. And sure, he should be pissed off that Brock Lesnar was on PEDs. And he should be pissed off that his health was put in jeopardy for that. He should be pissed off that he didn't get paid any additional money for that. But being pissed off that USADA is still coming and drug testing him, that undermines really the entire point of his argument. And now I know he wants out of his UFC contract. That's probably not going to happen, especially with this Ryzen Grand Prix uh, tournament coming up in Japan, which has a lot of you know names being entered. But I'll tell you one thing. If he wants to face people that aren't on PEDs, that sure as hell ain't a place for him. Being outside of the UFC sure as hell ain't a place for him because it's much more rampant outside of the UFC than it is inside the UFC. The point of USADA was to catch these people, and that's what they're doing. They are dropping like flies. Just thought that was super weird. Um, I, wish guys, this fl- join- I wish this fly in my room right now that keeps buzzing through my head would drop like Mark Hunt. I would love that's it. That's the worst. When, when they pop up against your screen, i got one right over here, actually. Uh, it's the it's. Literally, the worst thing that can happen in this world is this flyer buzzing around my ear. Yeah. Guys, join us tomorrow night right after SmackDown. Myself and Jeff Hawkins will shake them ropes. Join myself and Showdown Joe on Wednesday evening. We're going to talk uh, you, some more MMA news. We're going to talk this weekend's upcoming UFC Fight Night card. Join myself and Vince Russo on Thursday afternoon for more Sean and Russo BSing about stuff, which people seem to enjoy. Also, um, Check out our new feature that we're doing, Wikipedia, true or false. Last week's was EC3, where Wikipedia ain't that reliable, you guys. I'll just say that. Uh, Some of these segments will become uh, Fightful.com members-only exclusives. We are having some issues with signups now. That will be fixed soon. Absolutely free to sign up for a Fightful.com account. It will never cost a dime. Never, uh, Never need a credit card, anything like that. Rob, before we go, tell these people, remind them about Shake Them Ropes. Catch Shake Them Ropes. It drops Wednesdays on iTunes, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcasting platform. Go to this link, bit.ly slash itunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Follow me on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. I will be here at Fightful Online on Mondays talking raw with Sean Ross Sapp. And uh, yeah, follow me. Archie Bradley, by the way, eight runs and three and a third innings. The Diamondbacks, they ruin pitchers. Oh, oh, which is it's funny because the air, the, the Phoenix Suns were known for rehabilitating players. Something about that, that Arizona baseball seems to do the opposite. Uh, before I go, I want to mention, welcome Mike Straw to the site, one of my uh, former fan-sided brethren. Also, we were able to come to an agreement with Brandon Howard exclusively. He's going to be bringing you all kinds of cool stuff that you'll only be able to see at Fightful.com. Very, very interesting stuff. I thought that having him was an important part of the site. Several people I was able to bring, you know, Jeff and Rob and Brandon and Alex, who does these awesome recaps. I want to give you all a different type of experience from Fightful.com. Brandon is going to be a big part of that. So uh, stay tuned for all that good stuff. Guys, Fightful.com, that's the place to be. Please support the site. Please share our stories, all that good stuff. Thank you guys for helping us get to 100,000 downloads, listens, views, all that stuff before we even got iTunes and Stitcher. So thank you all very much. Until tomorrow night, guys, we are out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.